Well, I've got no doubt you've noticed that when technology gets connected with our lifestyles, remarkable things happen. From knowing where a pizza is from the oven to your doorstep, from knowing what time to leave the pharmacy to navigate traffic to get home on time, remarkable things happen with technology gets connected with a purpose and no bigger purpose than health and to tell us all about how connected health is relevant for our pharmacy we've got Isaac Elnikovay from PTG who's going to share with us why you need a connected health and internet of things strategy. Welcome to the transformation show where successful pharmacy owners and technology partners help you to build a better 21st century pharmacy by embracing technology. Here is your host, Robert Starr. G'day everyone and welcome back to Transformation, the only dedicated podcast in the world where pharmacy and technology collide to bring you, the motivated pharmacy owner, all that you need to build your smarter, more successful 21st century business before it's too late. My name's Robert Starr, your host and guide on this fantastic journey of ours, all the way through to episode 77. Now, don't adjust your volume. My voice is a little bit off. I am battling a cold at the moment. But without fail, we bring you another episode of Transformation this week. We've got a big show today. We've got I guess every week is a big show. It absolutely is. We've got Isaac Elnikovay, who's going to join us very, very shortly to talk about all about the Internet of Things. And when you think about things, they can include things that are non-healthcare, healthcare, but more specifically, what that's going to mean for you and your pharmacy and how you can get ready for a huge tidal wave of connectivity and information that is coming our way. Got time for a quick check-in with you. I've got a very special uh, segment this week, which is five productivity tips to disrupt your interruptions. And that came from uh, my visit to TEDx here in Melbourne uh, last Friday. So a little bit of a takeaway I'd love to share with you. And also just wanted to share my experience when I had the great pleasure of revisiting uh, Victorian College of Pharmacy, or now known as Monash University Parkville campus um, on the uh, last Sunday and uh, had a great pleasure of talking to some young prospective pharmacists and taking a great tour of the uh, campus which has evolved and developed like you would never believe. So I'll share that with you as well. How's your week been? I hope it's been a good one. Mine's been a busy one again. As I mentioned uh, last Friday, I had the great pleasure of spending a day at TEDx, uh, which is something that I'd love to do every single year because you just get exposed to so many differing opinions and so much of what's going on in this great world around us uh, that is non-pharmacy. And as you find out, there are many parallels to draw and very a lot of insights you can bring into the pharmacy business, as I'm going to do for you today. Uh, with my favorite speaker that I uh, heard last week, which was called George Bedge, and he was talking about the age of disruption. So I'm going to share with you a little bit. It'll probably go for about maybe about five minutes. Um, but the biggest thing that you'll be able to take away from this are the f- top five things I've put together that you can do that's going to not only save you time, give you a razor sharp focus every single day, but it's going to make every day less stressful for you as well. It's a big promise, but I promise you (laughs) that uh, the uh, tools that we have and uh, certainly the tips, uh, which are not arduous, not hard to do, 
do, but we just need to focus on them and not allow ourselves to be reactive to the world around us. Anyway, I've probably given enough away just in that. But what George was talking about is we're now living in an age of disruption. That's a given. It's a constant and chronic condition we see every single day. There is a tidal wave of these annoying little disruptions, alerts, messages, notifications, even the old oldie bit of goodie, the tap on the shoulder. Um, and it's all caused by new apps and communication platforms. It used to just be the telephone and the fax. Now it is everything. There is social media. There is uh, web messages as well. Um, phone calls that may come through internet phones as well as your standard phones. So many different things that are you know now causing us to feel an effect of these burning platforms. And it's a bit of an avalanche that it's all come our way. And Basically, it's making us feel that everything around us is burning, that we need to get our fire hoses out and put them out before we can even look after ourselves. So essentially, it's causing us to be in a reactive state more so than a proactive state. And what it's doing, it's also causing us to work longer. Not that we're doing much more, but the fact that these interruptions, as well known from some research that George shared, it can take up to 23 minutes to refocus on your own tasks at hand. And I think that that's most relevant to us in the dispensary, which is often quite a chaotic environment, depending on the traffic level in the dispensary, the number of people, but it's literally littered with unfinished tasks, sticky note reminders, and a line of pharmacy or dispensary assistants and patients waiting for us to ask our advice. And often we don't get to think proactively about where we're actually going throughout the day. Were there things that we wanted to get done, phone calls that we wanted to make, and often all of these things get left to the end of the day which of course, which is when they don't happen. So the top five things I've put together um, with some of the insights I've taken from George and a couple of pharmacy things that I'll add in to customize it for us. And the first one is, which is a really simple one, Disable your phone and desktop alerts and notifications. It's a really easy one, but it's one that you will battle with because you will feel that you are missing out on something important. Um, chances are it's not gonna be that important if it's coming through via a notification as well. If it means that your phone rings, that's important and you do pick it up. But nonetheless, all these notifications, social media, things like that, just get in the way, so turn them off. Number two is check your email only twice a day and even let people know that that's what you're going to do as well. You can send an autoresponder uh, if people um, call up during a particular point, or sorry, email through a particular point in the day. You can even use tools like Inbox Pause uh, for Google Apps if you're using Google Apps. Or if you're using Outlook or just on a phone, you can just be able to disable the refresh on your um, check for new emails. So basically it means that you manually have to check for new emails, which is when you can just schedule that in on your calendar. Number three is don't file your emails. So don't create this system of files and things. Your search on your email should be good enough. If you're on Google Apps, and we spent a fair bit of time talking with Adrian Cosman-Jones in episode 49 about how that's gonna supercharge your pharmacy's productivity and collaboration, you can use the power of Google search through your emails, which means that if you can remember who it was from, a date, a particular thing that was in the email, it might be a dollar figure, an invoice, you can find it in a couple of milliseconds. It is remarkable. And Outlook search is not too bad, but nonetheless, having it on a manual computer means that you do need to physically move yourself to that computer to obviously check email, which may not be a bad thing as well. But if you are gonna file emails and you need to find those when you're perhaps outside of the pharmacy, uh, you're obviously not gonna be able to do that. 
Number four is focus on your high value activities. There was a great list that uh, one of my mentors over my journey, Peter Ferros, and also a former guest in episode 31, had a great list of 10 tasks a pharmacist should never, ever, ever do. And uh, he had that shared in uh, the AJP. So I'll put a link in the show notes to those top 10. And if you implement all of those, your day will improve like you won't believe if you do implement that as well. So check that out at the show notes at robertstar.com forward slash episode 77. Number five is any interruption is an opportunity to create a system to enable your team to make better decisions by following your procedure or workflow. So you design the procedure of what they should do in a certain environment, and then they just follow that. And that way you don't have to be interrupted. So it could be something as simple as how you're scanning documents in the pharmacy. And it might be that you often think, well, it's easy for me to do it, I'll just do it. But you might find that you're actually spending time away from your business and away from your family in having to do that outside of hours as well. So rather than allowing yourself to do that and leave it to the end of the day, or if a staff member kept asking you, how does the scanner work, create a system and delegate it to someone who can do that more efficiently than you. The second thing I wanted to share uh, from this week, so that's our five things. So hopefully you'll get some great time saving and you'll also feel less stressed in the process of doing that. But the second thing I wanted to share uh, was what I saw when I went to uh, the Monash Pharmacy Open House uh, last weekend. And uh, it was fantastic to hear from some young prospective pharmacists in terms of what they're thinking about the industry from an outsider's perspective, the problems, the challenges, what they're looking forward to if they want to come and do pharmacy. And uh, it was great to hear a varied level of responses. But the thing I wanted to share with you the most uh, was a fantastic piece of technology, surprise, surprise, um, which was called My Dispense, which is a virtual pharmacy lab that all pharmacy students now have access to when they're at um, Monash University in Parkville. And it replaced the old medicinal chemistry labs, if uh, if, <laughs> if you, like me, remember back uh back to that time and um, what they what that enables them to do is that it gives them a much higher level of interactivity and a scenario to be able to practice their skills in terms of patient communication asking the right questions taking a history communicating with doctors asking the right questions and it's all done through an electronic scenario which puts them in a virtual pharmacy so they can see a virtual patient they can pick up virtual stock they can scan virtual stock and the greatest thing that I'm excited about that um, and I must have to send a big thank you to Carl Kirkpatrick the uh, course director at uh, Monash University in Parkville who took me on a great tour after our Q&A session. And the thing you shared with me is that they're looking to do OTC after that as well. So over-the-counter medicines. So in that case, you know, when I go back to when I was a pharmacy student, I used to spend at least a couple of hours, probably each month, um, going into a community pharmacy that I'd be working in, but purely going in just to go through products, to check out the back of the packets, look at the ingredients, understand them a lot better. And it was a task that you had to do in a community pharmacy, whereas now 
they'll be able to probably even strap on a virtual reality headset and do that at a time and a place of their choosing to become familiar with everything that goes on in the front of store of the pharmacy to be able to create a more, I guess, a, a better experience for patients when they come to us for Schedule 2s, Schedule 3s, but also all those primary health conditions which we have such a big opportunity to specialise in as well. And, uh, you know, if we follow those 10 tips that Peter Ferrosh um, shared with us, and uh, that was in our productivity tips just a moment ago, we're going to be spending a whole lot more time on the, on the floor of our pharmacies, and we need to know more about the products. So it'd be great to have pharmacy students coming into our businesses already ready and armed with this knowledge. Um, and certainly it may even be something that they open up to um, pharmacists and uh, young pharmacists in particular to get their product knowledge up as well. So really fantastic innovation. I'll put some links in the show notes as well at robertstar.com forward slash episode 77. You can check those YouTube videos out. Absolutely remarkable. Now, don't forget, we've got a masterclass coming up on September 4th with Hilary Khan, and uh, that comes from robertstar.com forward slash episode 75, if you haven't listened to Hilary, and she is going to help you build a customized retail category. So absolutely brilliant. I'll put a link in the show notes. It is limited to 100 seats only. And as we found out from our Business Exit Masterclass webinar only a few weeks ago, it did fill up very, very quickly. So I'll put a link in the show notes. Make sure you jump on that to avoid disappointment. So lastly, before we get across to Isaac, just a mention from the show's sponsor, which is Audible. So for you, the listeners of The Transformation Show, Audible is offering you a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I'm listening to Getting Things Done by David Allen at the moment, which you could download as well or another audiobook for free by trying audible.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. And of course, you can grab that after this episode as well. To download your free audiobook today, go across to audibletrial.com forward slash transformation. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash transformation. Enjoy your interview with Isaac. I know you're going to be blown away by the opportunity of the internet of things and how you can get started. And I'll see you on the other side. Our interview today is with Isaac Elnikovay, the co-founder of Pharmacy Technology Group. He's a serial entrepreneur and PTG's mission is to monetize the problems facing pharmacists. Isaac Elnikovay, welcome to the Transformation Show. Thanks, Rob. Good to be here. Oh, look, fantastic to have you, Isaac. And uh, I guess, you know, it couldn't be a better time for us to be talking right now. There are so many new connected devices developing all around us, and uh, we need to make a lot of sense of it. A lot of it impacts us in pharmacy, and uh, we'd love, I think our listeners are going to be in for a great treat today in learning all about it. Awesome. Uh, look, fantastic, Isaac. And I, I guess I often like to share, I guess, how you got into pharmacy and well. So how did you get into pharmacy and I guess why are you so passionate about it? Uh, look, Rob, you know, I'm not, I'm not a pharmacist, I'm not a pharmacist by trade. Um, I got into pharmacy uh, after my last venture, which was a skincare store. We exited that venture selling to drugstore.com in the U.S., and I think that was my sort of first introduction into pharmacy. Um, from there, I had uh, I met with Mario Coco and Wally Dewada, who are now um, shareholders in my business, both of which are pharmacists, both of which are entrepreneurial pharmacists. And we sort of sat down and um, 
had a look at a whole range of problems facing pharmacists and pharmacies uh, and decided to put together a business which is designed to find solutions for those problems facing pharmacists. Um, and, you know, I, I think in many ways it's about the people that you work with. Both Mario and, and Wall are so passionate about, about the pharmacy industry that it's something that has just been absorbed by myself. And, and, and I love it. I love being able to get out there to understand the problems and to find the solutions for them. Yeah, and, and I guess Pharmacy Technology Group, so there's a great piece of technology in that and certainly very, very aligned with us on the show. So why, why do you feel technology is so important to pharmacy? Oh, geez, you know, where, where do you start, Rob? <laughs> I mean, there's just, there's, there's so many reasons why. Now, if we take a look at it, consumers in general are embracing technology at, at an exponential rate. They're incorporating it into their lives, their everyday lives. And, and you know, as, as a result of that, they're building an expectation of others to be doing the same thing. And you know, that, that, that expectation is not just of others in terms of their friends, but it's also others in terms of their service and product providers. And, and, and pharmacists and pharmacies are part of that. And, and, and as a business, you have got to be able to meet or exceed your customers' expectations. So if your customers are traveling at, at, at the speed of light on technology and you're not, well, you're going to be left behind because you're not meeting the expectations of your customers' needs. And technologies and, and, and connected devices are, are at the forefront of that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, look, on the show, we've talked about uh, the Internet of Things and, you know, that's just a great developing space in technology as well um, with Morris Mizolowski in episode 50. And, you know, it's not going to stop. It's growing at an exponential rate. And he estimated from a Gartner Inc. study that there were 50 billion Internet connected devices coming to us by 2020 with a population of 8 billion. So that's six per person. So, you know, we start to wonder where's all the technology going to fit and mold around us you know we always will carry smartphones and use ipads and things but you know that's only maybe a handful of devices that's a, a lot of technology coming our way there is and you know it, and i suppose not all of it is directly related to health or related to pharmacy but all of it is related to the consumer's um, drive into the technology sector and and all of it means that the pharmacy and pharmacists need to understand what environment the consumers are living in. So, you know, when you say there's going to be six devices per person, personally, I, I, I think that's, a, that, that's low. I, you know, I, I, think that, I think when you take a look at, at just your connected home, there are going to be tons of devices that are out there. It's, it's, it's uh, the, the future for connected devices you can look around the house, you can look around your office, you can look around the pharmacy, and just about any product that you see is likely to be connected at some stage. Hmm. 
Mm, and, and and there are probably everyday examples that you know. Look, I know that um, from having an Android phone um, as well. You know, you've got the access to something like Google Now, uh, which is where Google will dive into your diary and look at your position and the weather and the traffic, and uh, you know, give you anticipatory alerts of uh, when you need to leave, and uh, you know, reminders of maybe that you need to pick up something when you passed a certain point on the road. It's uh, you know, certainly not something that. Uh, uh, you know, we're not seeing already, but it's just going to, you know, mean that there's just about everything connected to the internet. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. And I guess for, for our listeners that have never heard uh, the Internet of Things term mentioned, um, what, what would you say that that would represent? Oh, look, I, the, the, the official um, definition, if you would, of the Internet of Things is... Is a, is a network of physical objects, those are the things, with embedded sensors um, that communicate with other objects or with databases or directly with people. So there, there's so much in that definition um, you know, to, to think about. If, if, you, if we break it down and we think, wow, Physical objects that communicate with other objects, you know, we, or physical objects that communicate with databases, or physical objects that communicate with individuals. Yeah. The you know the Internet of Things is 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 and will be as sprawling as the internet is today. And I guess it's it's just a, it's just an interesting space where you know the the digital world perhaps meets the meets the physical um, and uh, provides feedback between it so that you know we are essentially not only you know from a business and commercial point of view working in an omni-channel environment but we're actually living in one as exactly well, right as well yeah that you know you couldn't have said it better we're 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 working and living in an omni-channel environment and and if we if we don't accept that now. Um, we will be left behind. Yeah. And I guess on, on that topic, um, you know, why, why is it important to pharmacy? We know we haven't traditionally held a lot of technology in our pharmacies from a consumer or customer point of view. You know, we have had the odd, you know, obviously we sell blood pressure monitors, but they're typically not connected. Probably the closest things that we have, you know, right now are our blood glucose monitors that we can plug into computers, but you know, not really anything that uh, dynamically uh, communicates with the internet. Mm. Look, I think uh, I, I, I'll give you an example, um, but maybe before that, I think it's important that, from my perspective, the way that I look at it is, we we can no longer separate the dispensary and, and the advice from the front of shop, um, and and when we then add in our connected devices. That really does create a bridge between your front of shop and between your dispensary. So to pick up on the blood pressure example that you gave, um, if we have a connected blood pressure uh, monitor, and and if the data on that connected blood pressure monitor is shared with the primary care team, and, w- and when I say primary care team, it's a term I like to use a lot, but it's it. It means your pharmacy or your pharmacist. It means your doctor. It means your family members. It means 
your friends. Yeah. Um, but if that data is shared and analyzed, that data can create intervention points for the pharmacy. If we know that a consumer is trending towards a higher blood pressure than what's normal for them, we can reach out and say, hey, are you taking your medication? And if so, well, maybe that medication isn't the right medication for you at the moment. Let's come back in, go see your GP, come back to the pharmacy, and, and we can close that loop. And so that, it, so that the, the consumer isn't doing the blood pressure in a silo on its own, and the pharmacy isn't selling the blood pressure monitor in a silo on its own either. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, touching on that, it's like really bringing the pharmacist home to the patient in as much that, you know, currently we would only check blood pressure monitor, blood pressure perhaps when they'd come into the pharmacy and get a repeat of the prescription. So there might yeah. be, you know, four to six weeks sometimes, you know, gap between those readings. But, you know, as we know, uh, you know, with the white coat syndrome, sometimes patients just have extraordinarily high blood pressure as soon as yes. they see a white coat pharmacist or a white coat doctor. And uh, it's not particularly... Um, accurate um, so yeah. you know to, to, to connect us together not just when people visit in the pharmacy you know really does connect to that omni-channel environment and and I guess it's not just us that see you know that as, a, as an important area and uh, certainly we're seeing you know large consumer trends of of customers wanting to know more about themselves just even from looking at how much these fitness trackers and sleep trackers sell in non-pharmacy environments like your Harvey Normans and JB Hi-Fi. I think even JB Hi-Fi mentioned that, uh, you know, that was their second biggest growth category behind iPhones, which uh, is pretty damning. Well, you know, why is it? Why is it that Harvey Norman have a connected health category and yet... Well, I want to say no, but but very few pharmacies have a connected health category. Let alone understand what connected health products are. It, it, that that is wrong. That's patently wrong. We don't go to Harvey Norman for our medication. We don't go to Harvey Norman for our, our advice. We go to our pharmacy. And if our pharmacy and pharmacists are not ahead of the technology curve, don't understand that connected health products are a category in and of itself then we will lose those customers. Hmm. And, and I guess, you know, with the fact that, you know, the sales are so strong and we're seeing, you know, health insurers offer discounted premiums for connecting, you know, fitness trackers to your health insurance policy, feeding them back information or even in some cases rewarding patients for, you know, positive health changes. I, I know and I think we've spoken previously about, you know, what Walgreens and CVS are doing in that space, That's right. even with the very fact that they've invested in uh, digital health innovation centres. Um, and I think I even read the other day that Boots in the UK are just setting one up. So, you know, certainly on a global level, I think perhaps pharmacy is getting it, just not uh, us in Australia right at the moment. Yeah, I would agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess it comes down to you know where where we're most helpful as well, and not so creepy. Um, you know, I guess <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the that's the big crossover. And, you know, I think we crossed a huge bridge in the past where you know banking was able to transition away from fully branch based transactions to mobile transactions, and now we don't even think twice about transferring money and logging into our bank accounts from anywhere. Um, but you know, I guess health is going to have to cross that same bridge. And, uh, oh, yeah. and and certainly, you know, it needs to be seen as helpful as opposed to, um, you know, being just a bit too creepy and a bit too big brother. 
Yeah, I'll, I, I, and it will happen. I mean, when was the last time, Rob, that you've downloaded an app and actually went through the terms and conditions and read everything <laughs> and then and then ticked it? Yeah, it's rare, but that's because we've we have gotten to that stage where we understand. Okay, there's an app that's that that I'm about to install. And the app requires certain information, and I pr- I'm prepared to share that information. Um, and and yes, some sometimes some apps are are creepy, um, but but when you when you sit back and weigh you know and, and look at it and go, geez, what am I getting out of this? What 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 am I what am I getting personally getting out of um, sharing my health data with the people that I choose to share it with? Uh, that when we when we reach as a society when we reach that stage when we say I'm prepared to share my health data with my team um, on a daily basis on an hourly basis if if we want to that's when we will start to see some serious changes in the industry. Yeah, and, and I guess it's also the patient just realizing that they've got so much more support available to them. But at the same time, in offering that support, we need to be plugged in ourselves. Um, exactly. You right. know. Um, Right now, we, we could very easily have patients walk into our pharmacies right now with a connected blood pressure monitor that they've bought somewhere else or a fitness tracker and say, look, I'm only sleeping six and a half hours. Is that enough? What do I do about that? And, you know, they're wanting feedback and, uh, you know, some wisdom around what they're receiving from these devices. But, you know, I think as as we've seen in the past, you know, we've often taken, you know, offence to customers bringing us information, whether it be from Google or other health sources. And, uh, you know, I think it's, you know, probably poles apart and that we need to embrace that collaboration, you know, probably for our own sustainability, if nothing else. But, but you know, Rob, that's, that, that's, um, that's a very valid point. When we, when we self-diagnose, we do that on the basis of information that we read about online. You know, we Google our headaches or we Google our symptoms and, and we come to the pharmacy um, or we, call, we go to our doctor with a preconceived notion of what it is, um, what, what, what our condition is. But we're, we're not trained in that field. Um, go forward now and assume that instead of taking a look in terms of self-diagnosing, we are actually connected. We have the connected health devices that provide the pharmacy, that provide our primary care team with a dashboard of our health. These individuals, they are the, the educated individuals in that space. So no longer do we need to self-diagnose. Instead, we transfer data. And we say, hey, I'm not feeling well. Here's, here, here are my readings. Now tell me what, what's wrong with me. When we, when we can get to that stage, we will, the, the self-diagnosis aspect of, of, you know, of, of pharmacists taking offense to it, and rightfully so, will dissipate. Because the consumer would much rather provide the data and get a, you know, instant gratification um, in terms of what is their medical state. Yeah. 
And I guess with devices, like you've probably seen as well, like the Scout, um, which, uh, you know, can take pulse oximetry measures, it can take ECGs on the fly, body yes. core temperature. Um, you know, we're not just talking about just the, you know, the basic signs as well. We could be monitoring chronic health conditions or even some acute things that come up and being able to transfer that data without the patient having to attend the hospital just to take those basic readings. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And I guess it becomes even more meaningful for a lot of our core patients in our pharmacies, particularly the elderly. Um, you know, we read so much about the uh, baby boomer tsunami that's coming upon us and how there's just going to be a, a massive shortage of aged care beds right around Australia. And, you know, it could be, you know, connected home and health devices could play a huge role in enabling them to, to, to be able to stay in their own homes through connected health and otherwise home technology that's... Uh, you know, I think if you put it that way to them is that, you know, if they can stay in their own home so long as they're connected to their health community and the community at large, um, then, you know, I think, you know, it, it represents a really positive scenario, not just for the health system, but also for patients as well. Yeah. I mean, look, we, you know, we've, we've got an aging population. We've got backlogged hospitals. We've got aged care facilities. Um, and, and we've got a desire to... To, to grow old in our own homes, surrounded by, you know, by our family and, and loved ones for as long as we possibly can. Yeah. The Internet of Things and the connected devices facilitate that. You know, they, they allow, us, uh, allow us and the elderly to, to, to be at home um, and, and to, li to live and lead a normal life uh, for a much longer period of time. That's, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example, Rob. My, yeah. my, my mom <clears throat> is, um, you know, she's, she's uh, physically, she's not, she's not all that well. And, and mentally, she's also not all that well. Um, but one of the things that constantly happens to her is, is her blood pressure drops. And her blood pressure drops because she just forgets to drink. So, you know, for me, it's, hey, mom, have you, drink? Have you drank today? How much have you drank today? Well, you know, she lives in Los Angeles. I'm here in mm -hmm. Sydney. Um, you know, one, one of the, if we take a look at it, just a, a relatively simple connected device is a, there's a company out there called Hydrate Me, which, which effectively just took a water bottle and made it smart yeah. and said, okay, well, you know, here's how much water you need to drink. And if this is your water bottle, this is what you're drinking from. So I can now tell in Sydney, whether my mom's hydrated or not. And, and, and the elderly suffer from dehydration more so than, the, you know, than, than others. So it's, it's a simple device. It's a simple product. But it's a great example of when we say, geez, one consumer will have six connected products. No, we will <laughs> have many, 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 many more than that. Um, so yeah, products like that um, allow, allow the elderly to live longer, um, more productive lives, more independent lives, and allow the primary care team for the elderly, in, which includes the family members, more peace of mind. Yeah. 
And it's more meaningful too. And, you know, I think that's where it's going to create that bridge that we're going to cross in terms of being happy to share our information and yes. collab- collaborate a lot more because, you know, it's a, it's a far more meaningful existence, you know. I guess everyone everyone in their families have their jokes about, oh, I'm sure you're going to ship me off to a nursing home yeah. when I'm older. And whatever. <laughs> well, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe not. Uh, you know, yeah. maybe that's not, not, not has, doesn't have to be the first option. And I'm cer- no. certain that everyone would be very very happy to stay in their own homes too and it's i think it's going to solve a very big problem that we're going to be facing in australia in the next uh, 10 to 15 years as well but i guess you know for for our listeners today as well we're going to be thinking okay now we've got some really big meaning behind i guess why we need to be embracing this but what can we do to um you know get started now you know as a lot of our long-term listeners would be aware we had uh you know craig simmons from eye health on last year and we've discussed it with kathy reed in the past about you know different blood pressure um, blood glucose weighing scales and things like that that we can put into the pharmacies but ultimately it still equals lots of data but not being able to I guess put a lot of sense or context um, behind it. So uh, I guess where where do you see as the best starting point here, Isaac? And you know what could our um, pharmacists be doing to you know I guess start that journey? Frame of mind. Uh, you know it, it, today the most important thing is to start preparing yourself as a pharmacist to look around with with a view um, of. Can that product be connected? Will that product be connected? And start to understand that connected health devices needs to be a category within your pharmacy. It doesn't mean that you know, we, we need to run out and start to develop algorithms and, 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 and force consumers to connect and to share their data with us because in many ways that component of of the connected health devices is still very much in its infancy. But if we are, if pharmacists today sit back and go, okay, most of the products that I sell in the front of shop will at some stage be connected. I need to start looking into those products. So when next time you're looking at a blood pressure monitor, if it's not a connected blood pressure monitor, why are you looking at it? If it's, you know, if, if you're looking at a scale, if it's not a connected scale, why are you looking at it? Ask yourself that question. Your, pharmacist, your pharmacy needs to be able to provide consumers the technology that they're expecting. And from there, the data will flow. And I guess on that point with the data as well, you know, where can it go? I know from a, a consumer point of view, um, Apple have got their health kit that's uh, a little bit o- older than 12 months now. Um, Samsung um, have their own. I know Google are working on some in their own ventures as well, which potentially can silo a lot of this. You know, we probably don't need to repeat our previous discussions about where our e-health records and systems are in the country as well. So where do you see all this? data sitting and uh, how can we get access to start those collaborative conversations look at the the moment a lot of of times the data doesn't even leave the consumer smartphone Um, and in some cases the data does leave the, the smartphone and goes into a data warehouse 
my 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 belief is that you know as we as we transition into the age of the Internet of Things with respect to medical devices um, or health devices, that all of that data will move to the cloud. The question then is, which of that, what part of that data is relevant to the pharmacy? How is that data delivered back to the pharmacy? How do we create intervention points with that data? And you know, there's, there, are, there are teams all over the world looking to crack that. I, I don't think we have. I don't think we've cracked that yet. But I know that we will crack that. Yeah, and, and, and it's about, you know, when, when, when we can connect the data, it's probably connecting it with things that we already do. Um, you know, we've got our own treatment and patient um, processes and workflows that we have for different types of patients, uh, you know, whether it be a, a, a diabetic patient. And there are certainly rules in play around if the blood glucose level is over five and a half, for example, you might need to have a discussion. Yes. Um, you know, it could even be as as you mentioned with with your mum as well if you hadn't you know drunk enough water what happens then um what's the rule um does it mean that isaac's phone rings um or does it mean that um you know isaac gets notified and all of these other people um you know as as we often think about when um you know patients are living on their own taking medicines and perhaps might have you know the royal district nursing service come and visit them to make sure they're taking their medication and there's always then a next step um and it's probably about connecting all of those clinical pathways in with the data. But uh, with all of these silos, uh, it's not yeah, going to be an easy right. journey. And, and that's why I say we haven't cracked that. You know, in, on, on a, on a product-by-product basis, yes, we've cracked it. Yes, if my mom doesn't drink, the, the water bottle goes from green to orange to red based on, on how little she drank. And, and I get notified to, tell, to, to see the same thing. Um, if I take, if I've got a connected blood pressure monitor and I take my blood pressure um, and my blood pressure is high, it shows, you know, it, it actually will show on my app, hey, I've got high blood pressure. I can then send that information across to, um, to my, you know, to, to my primary care team, but, but that's a one-time instant. If I've got a fall detection bracelet on and I'm an elderly person and I've fallen and I haven't you know, reset it and I haven't gotten up, yes, everyone will be alerted. But what we're talking about is pulling all of that data together, pulling the data about what medication you're on, when did you last take it, are you compliant, what is your blood pressure, what is your temperature, what is your, your, your oxygen readings. I'm talking about being able to combine all of that data into a 360-degree view of health view of yourself and then being able to say, I want to share that data with my team. From there, the question is, how, how does the pharmacy receive it? You know, we, we, don't, we, don't want to, it's not, we don't want to be it's not death by a million data points. <laughs> you know, we, we need to have a simple dashboard that will alert us to, uh, to, to, to things that are outside of normal parameters. Uh, and and that, that, we just haven't cracked that, but we will. Yeah. 
Well, it's, it's simply enough in, in our pharmacies, you know, where there's been a need or a drive in innovation, we've created it. Um, you know, you only need to look at the uh, generic medicines market, you know, where yes. there was a strong need for pharmacy to increase its substitution. Lo and behold, we've got dashboards on every dispense <laughs> computer that will yes. tell us when we've missed an opportunity and that we need to perhaps, uh, you know, follow that opportunity up. And, uh, you know, much the same as that's, you know, working on a transactional database um, you know the same thing needs to apply at, at, at a clinical level it's probably that uh, you know we haven't you know really entered that sphere of uh, clinical primary healthcare data um, often enough to probably have as, as much influence as we'd like yeah I'd agree with you there Rob and I guess it's really about, you know, establishing pharmacies as that, you know, central community hub as we've been known for many years. And, you know, that's where customers will just come to us for that first point of call. And to duplicate that in the digital environment, you know, I think, you know, playing a role with connected devices, as we we're talking about, you know, has that ability to put us at that front line again, you know, much like as we, um, you know, we hear with uh, organizations in the US like the Mayo Clinic that are getting all of those integrations and I guess when you're the size of them and also the size of CVS and Walgreens you've got considerable development clout behind you to get all of these things happening but I guess from an independent pharmacy point of view if you know our listeners are only you know maybe a a smaller store or maybe a handful of stores you know it's really going to have a huge emphasis right now in partnering and starting that conversation with the customer because so much is going to depend on them bringing that information to us. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. You know, it's 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 um, and and you and I were talking about this before, Rob. You know, when when a when I, I haven't changed my GP in years. You know, it's a he he doesn't take any more uh, new patients because he's fully booked. And I and and when I need a a, a visit, I will wait and I and I'll I'll book because. He's got all my history. He's got all my data. He understands me. Moving into the age of connected devices means that the data is there. It will always be there. It will accumulate. It will start to build a picture of yourself. Now, if you share that with your pharmacy or with your pharmacist, and your pharmacist understands that and has a, has a way of analyzing that data or even a way of being told when to take a look at that data, then you have a customer for life because that consumer is not going to want to go somewhere else and share that data all over again with with a different with with a different pharmacist or with a different doctor or or, or, or with a different care. Yeah, it's just so so important that you know we just start that relationship and uh, start that conversation and build that trust as we do in the physical encounters that we have with patients. But you know, as we're seeing now, the world transitioning to a very customer centric and in our case, patient centric environment where our customers will decide where they want to come and talk to us or when they want to. You know, they may want information at a time that we aren't open, and uh, you know, we need to establish ourselves as well in the community of digital as we do in in, in physical um, but I guess in terms of you know bringing it into something you know really I guess actionable that um, 
our, our pharmacists can take away today. What would you say would be the first maybe one or two steps that they should look at now? They can understand now, obviously, the need and the relevancy for a lot of the health technology and how that's going to evolve for the, enable their businesses to be sustainable long term. But what would be the fir- first couple of things that you reckon? So, so the, the, the first step is your frame of mind for a pharmacy. Your frame of mind for, for, for the pharmacist needs to be um, that products that I'm selling are likely to be connected. And so when I'm assessing products for, for, for retail, I need to assess um, those products with a view to their, um, their ability to be connected. So if I'm selling a blood pressure monitor, why sell one that is not connected? If I'm selling a scale, why sell one that is not connected? If I'm selling a glucometer, why sell one that is not connected? If I'm selling a thermometer, why sell one that is not connected? Because when you do, you create that first opportunity for a data point, that first opportunity for a digital handshake between yourself and the consumer. And that, that, that really is the first step, the first two steps. Yeah, and and it's establishing also the the pharmacy's literacy uh, for for the tools as well, um, and being able to educate and allow them to, I guess, understand um, where where the devices do fit in their their lives as well, and what it what it can do. Um, it's so, so often sometimes that our our patients look at some of these tools and things well where's where's that important and you know i suppose you know one of the fastest adopting um health connected devices that you know probably haven't been sold through pharmacy has been you know with um new parents and baby monitors whether that's being you know those that uh you know assess whether the child is breathing or the temperature um you know cameras and all that type of thing and uh you know when it gives them that comfort and peace of mind it's it's a very easy barrier to cross yeah, I, I agree, and yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because for 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 us <clears throat> as PTG, you know, developing a range of connected devices. When we take a look um, at our baby category, we spend a lot of time at at the ba- and taking a look at the baby monitors, and you know, you ask yourself the question: Why is it that pharmacies are not selling them? Well, because we've lost that market. We've lost that market to Babies R Us and Baby Co. and Baby Warehouse. But, but that doesn't mean that we can't get it back. And, in, and when we take a look at getting it back, we've got to take a look at getting it back from a connected perspective. So every product that we're going to be putting out into that category needs to be connected. You know, the ability to look in and and see how your child's doing at home and whether or not you know their breathing is normal their body temperature is normal the room temperature is normal to be alerted if something changes gives us freedom gives us free you know it, it, it freedom to to do other things and 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 it does free the mind um and 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 when we do that we go back and say, geez, who gave that to us? Why did we get it? So we go back to the pharmacy and say, now, this, this is where I can get my products from. Not from Babies R Us, not from JB Hi-Fi, and not from Harvey Norman. Connected health needs to be in pharmacy. 
Yeah, and, and it brings relevance to every aspect of, of health in that, you know, it could be that, you know, the baby category specialists are only selling baby monitors, but, you know, within a family of, you know, I think the average, what, in, in Australia is, you know, two and a half kids, so yeah. four to five people, you know, there's going to be a whole range of other things. It could be that, you know, when the husband and wife get into their mid-40s and start to enter the age of, you know, perhaps pre-diabetes or, or um, blood pressure, you know, it then you know derives a need for a connected blood pressure monitor and so forth and you know there's not going to be one retailer that's going to meet all of those needs but it can be all brought into the hub of the pharmacy and having that you know first point of contact knowledge of being able to translate it into something meaningful for them but you know i guess it's it's just going to continue to evolve as as we touched on at the beginning in that um you know, I think even in uh, episode 33, I was talking with Luke Fitzgerald from MPS and, you know, they were looking at obviously the way they package medicines and that that may evolve into, you know, digestible tech. We talk a bit about wearable tech, connected yes, tech. Yes, that's exactly but, right. But there's also the digestible and just even the concept that, you know, we'll be swallowing digital pills is, is a remarkable thing to think about. Oh, I, you know, we, we, you take a look and and and... Um, open your mind to connected or digestible health um, products, and it's just—it's a whole new ballgame. Uh, it's you know you, you take a look and say, "Wow, I, I can actually take take a pill that's connected that will go in um, and you know and and ascertain my the way I digest it, what happens." Um, Transmit that data back, and and there is that that space is white white hot. You know, there's a um, I, I wrote about Proteus Digital Health um, last month, and it's it's a company that's um, building a digital pill. Uh, it has th- these guys have raised over over sixty two million U.S. dollars just in the development of this alone. Uh, there's there's just so much focus on this space at the moment. Um, but yeah, there's, when, when we, we take a look at that, we take a look at, at digestible and connected, um, and, and you can start to, to see how we can build a 360-degree digital view of our health status. Hmm. Um, and if we can do that and start to share that information around, well, you know, we can create intervention points. We can foresee intervention points. We can predict intervention points. Well, it certainly takes the whole concept of what we know about drugs and medicines in our bodies from clinical studies uh, to a live level in as much yeah. that potentially, depending on, you know, how how the, how the I guess, pill, pill gets digested and excreted and so forth, we may even know more about the metabolism and the, um, you know, the half-life of how long it spends inside our bodies and its effectiveness as well. Um, you know, I think even um, we s- spoke in previous episodes about the whole concept of adaptive tech that um, adaptive medicine sorry um, uh, which was discussed at uh, consumer electronics show this year about you know patches and um, health health devices that you would be wearing that will monitor the levels of medicine in your body and adjust the dose accordingly to the response which is remarkable uh, yeah. con- considering that we you know very much take standardized doses uh, based on average human studies or in some cases you know pig 
<laughs> pig yeah. um, uh, intestine studies, right. and it doesn't, uh, you know, it's not as relevant as what it's going to do to you. That's exactly right. Yep. So, 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 so to do that, we need the data. So we need to know, you know, what is the, what is the right dosage. Um, and then once we've got the right dosage, we can customize it. So, but, but it starts with that, with that data. It starts with that individual um, tailor-made uh, dosage or data that, that, that we're looking for. You know, there's a, um, and, and it's, not, it's not medicine, but <clears throat> when we take a look at um, at nicotine patches, um, you know, it's well. You, you slap the nicotine patch on. <clears throat> you got a craving, um, and you, you hope that it helps. And and your body absorbs it in, in different ways and at different rates. Um, but when you look in the mind frame of okay, how how can how can we make that connected? Well. You know, you've got the, there's a company called Chronotherapeutics. That, you know, they're out there creating um, a wearable nicotine patch that delivers um, that delivers the right dosage based on the data of the individual, based on their cravings data, based on their physical data, based on their um, their lifestyle. And so it really does then change the, the, the game altogether because it's not just a product that I take off the shelf. It's a product that's tailored made for me. Mm. And you think about it right now with nicotine patches in pharmacy and you know most pharmacies probably won't stock them anymore due to their low margins and the fact that uh, you know they're just sold everywhere now probably most dominantly through supermarket and you know you take that back to a clinical response rate to be able to be programmed Coles and Woolworths can't program those patches but we certainly can (laughs) you know have a better understanding as to where that where that patient is in their journey of quitting smoking and what they may need in terms of not only a nicotine dose but also you know what other support they might need and it, it automatically brings that category and product back to you know exactly the, the relevance right. of back pharmacy. To pharmacy yep yeah exactly right back to pharmacy back to pharmacy because the consumer now has the data about their behavior and about the products and about um the delivery method and it's not just a product that they pick up it's not a scale that they stand on but it's a scale that records their information has their bmi it's not a nicotine patch that they put on it's a programmable one that actually delivers it tailor tailor made to them it's not a blood pressure monitor that they just take and then jot down the information, it's one that, you know, takes their blood pressure reading, gives them an an indication of how they're trending, what their history is, and they can pull all that data and take it where? They'll take it to their primary care team because that's the people that are going to make their life better. So we bring those products back into the pharmacy. We bring those services back into the pharmacy. We close that loop. Yeah, uh, it's such an exciting time and as we talk so much, there's so much opportunity if we can uh, pull ourselves away from uh, some of the shortcomings that we often focus on in terms of, you know, what, you know, the negotiations of the six CPA were about. There is a whole world yes. out there that uh, we're waiting to discover in pharmacy if we uh, if we open our eyes. And I guess we've spoken about so many things that are, you know, not probably perhaps not here yet, but certainly the development and the journey that we're on as well and truly started. But, 
I guess if we could uh, take an extra big crystal ball look at, uh, you know, what what you'd love to see, you know, if we take away those big common barriers of time and resources, and we may have even mentioned it already, mind you, um, what would you love to see in pharmacy today? Huh. I, I would love to see a connected health category in pharmacy. I would love for pharmacies to be able to see a dashboard of their customers' health status. I would love for pharmacies to be able to actually predict the intervention points that are going to be needed to keep their customers healthy. And that is only going to happen if we're able to get the data back from the consumers and into the pharmacy. And to get that data means that the consumer needs to have connected products. So it starts with the connected health products, it starts with the connected mind frame, and it migrates to a data (coughs) bridge between the consumer and their primary care team, of which pharmacy is a part of So we cannot be silos. We have to be connected. We have to close the loop between the consumer, the pharmacy, and their their GP or their doctors and their family members. That's what I want to see, Rob. No, it's a huge, it's 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 a great place for us to be in, and certainly, you know, that's the sustainable role of pharmacy. The uh, the transaction economy has well and truly died, and yes. uh, you know, for us to you know live in the world where you know our patients are you know accessing all the information and knowledge that we so often were able to you know keep behind the counter and uh, require people to come in and talk to, they've got access to that. But what they don't know is they don't know how meaningful it is for them and how they can use it um, to stay in good health for as long as possible. So so long as we keep that mindset and, uh, you know, play our role in collaboration, um, you know, we've got a, a fantastic future. It's been fantastic having you on, Isaac. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, we look forward to following your journey and uh, inviting you back in the not-too-distant future. Uh, it's been my pleasure, Rob. It's always been my pleasure having a chat with you and um, love what you guys are doing. Um, thank you. Thank you very much. And yeah, looking forward to chat again soon. Cheers. Thanks, Isaac. All right. Take care. Well, I've got no doubt that if you've made it this far into our episode this week, you're excited by our prospects of where this is all going in our future and so many amazing opportunities that it represents. My three key learnings, well, number one is we're already playing catch up. We need to have an Internet of Things strategy in our business. We need to understand what connected health devices can do for our business, but we are playing catch up. As has been mentioned a number of times on the show, Harvey Norman, JB High, Good guys. For our international listeners, these are our biggest retailers in the uh, general commercial space in Australia. They are selling connected health devices in record numbers. As I mentioned, um, I picked up the stat that JB Hi-Fi have connected health devices number two behind the iPhone 6 last year in their growth categories, which represents that there are a lot of patients and customers out there looking for this. But what they don't have, and this is why they are helping us as well, is that they're keeping all this connected data that they can't do anything with. They can't go back to these retailers and find out what does that mean for our health. 
GPs aren't really embracing that side of it. They should be, as well as us, but they're not. So it's a big opportunity. So if you even ask your patients, are you using a connected health device, and you might even see it on their wrist, you might be able to strike up a very, very good conversation. And as Isaac was saying, you've got to make sure they're starting to collect that data so that you can play a bigger role for them, not just in the pharmacy, but in that omni-channel environment as we talked about. Big learning number one. Number two is our mindset. I know that you have the right mindset if you're already listening to this because I've got no doubt that if you don't believe in digital health and connected health technology, you switched off after about two minutes of our conversation today. So it's so important that we start collecting that data, that we start to question if we're selling blood pressure monitors, why aren't they connected health devices? Thermometers, baby monitors, why aren't they connected health devices? Why isn't generating data that we can help our patients translate into some knowledge and really customize that into wisdom that helps them have a better you know, quality of life? If it's an elderly patient, you know, being able to enable them long-term to stay in their own home <clears throat> rather than burdening the aged care and the health system of having to get them into a nursing home where they can be correctly monitored. There are things that we can start giving them to help them on that journey. And number three, as you can expect, get excited. This is our future. Look at the biggest global pharmacy brands right around the world. I implore you, CVS, Walgreens, Boots, and I guess Boots and Walgreens are the same. They're all establishing large commercial digital health operations to innovate in those businesses. Walgreens are already using connected health devices in their strategy to reward patients for positive health choices, for drinking water, for losing weight, for quitting smoking. This is all part of how pharmacy can be connected with the community, not just in the physical, but the digital space and twice over when you put them to the two together. So you've got to get excited. It's a huge opportunity we just need to get started today well that brings us to our transformation motivational quote of the week which comes from tedx in melbourne last friday different speaker to george this time dr sasha corville the head of corporate responsibility and strategy at nab and her quote is see opportunity where others see challenges love that one Next week, we've got a big, big interview coming your way on a topic that we often overlook, but it is at the fundamental and at the core of every successful business I know, and that is culture. And we don't have a better expert to be talking to than Tristan White, the CEO, the Chief Enthusiasm Officer at The Physio Co., which is Australia's best great place to work. Big title, Big challenge, but so many learnings that we can take away and how we can build a far more successful culture in our business that enables us to thrive and survive in the 21st century. I know you're going to love it. If you've loved this week's episode, leave a comment in the show notes. I read and respond to every single one, and our guests like Isaac today are only too happy to respond individually to you as well. Have a great week, everyone, and I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Bye for now.